You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're a 415-er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. Back again, back again. What's going on, everyone? 415ers podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy, as always, download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars are appreciated. Also, uh, go follow us on social media on Twitter and on Instagram. We're online at the 415ers. And with that out of the way, Mark, how are you doing, good sir? How is your bye week going? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm just going to mention the Niners may be on a bye. They don't have a game this weekend, but we're not taking a bye. We're still rolling out three episodes a week, so keep it locked to the 415ers. Oh, this is what we do. We got a lot coming up on the show. We're going to take a look at some of the teams that are playing this week yeah. that will affect the 49ers. We're going to take a look at maybe a little bit down the line as far as what the 49ers could and could not be come postseason time, a place where everyone hopes they can get to, of course, this year. But where we want to start today, Mark, is kind of a little bit of where we left off in the last episode um, with the quarterback, because Jimmy Garoppolo had a birthday on Wednesday and turned 31 years of age. And this is kind of a like an interesting situation, I think, for a lot of quarterbacks, because I was just taking a look at, I don't know, average age of quarterbacks throughout the years. And I feel like the the older QBs in the league, like, you know, the Tom Brady's going back a couple of years, the Roethlisberger's, maybe the Rivers, even before that, the Breeze's. Um, I guess Matt Ryan technically is in that category right now because he's pretty old, although he's on his way out. Um, you know, we we think about quarterbacks, I think, having a long shelf life in the league compared to where it used to be. And so I just figured we'd kind of tiptoe, not even tiptoe, just ask the question, like, you know, how how are Jimmy Garoppolo's um, years in the future going to be compared to his years in the past? Because right now he's got a Super Bowl and two conference championship games on his resume. and I just figured I'd throw that one at you and say, like, at age 31, do you feel like he's got better football ahead of him or has he played his best ball? Uh, it's an interesting question uh, because at 31, you're kind of at, you know, kind of that that tipping point where maybe things tend to wind down a little bit. But as you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, examples of, of quarterbacks playing well into their 30s and then maybe a couple of examples of, of into their 40s. Um, I think this conversation ultimately comes down to one thing and that is whether or not in the future Jimmy Garoppolo is a San Francisco 49er I think um, the way that Kyle Shanahan has developed a scheme around Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths really shows him off and and, and does um, as good of a job as anyone could in um, making Jimmy Garoppolo comfortable and in 
um, you know, allowing his strengths to shine through. Now, there'll still be moments where it's frustrating. You wish that, you know, Kyle Shanahan maybe calls for more. But I think if Jimmy Garoppolo is a 49er for more than just this season, that's a gigantic if. It, it seems like the only way that that's possible is if the, this team wins the Super Bowl. I mean, how are you going to say no to your you know, Super Bowl winning quarterback who just led you to your sixth ever championship in instead of, you know, going to your young quarterback who you haven't seen much of so far. Uh, that would seem to be the, the only way it's going to happen. But when you consider that Christian McCaffrey's now on this team, Debo Samuel's on this team, I mean, these are players who I think are perfect fits for what Jimmy Garoppolo does best. It's the quick passing game, it's accuracy you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage is getting the balls, uh, getting the ball in the hands of his, you know, playmakers and what playmakers in the NFL are more equipped to take a short pass, a short toss, a handoff and turn it into a big gain than Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. I mean, those are the two of the, the most prominent examples of players that are great at that sort of thing. So, I'm, I might be escaping the question a little bit in, in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo's ability himself, but I think yeah, he will not be as good as he is right now if he's playing on a different team in the future. So I think a lot of it comes down to where he is playing. Um, I think he still has a lot of good football in him, uh, but if we're seeing the best Jimmy Garoppolo, it's probably a combination of his own ability and also the scheme in which he's playing. Yeah, I do think that for this season, there is a possibility there there could be a, another level. I mean, I don't know how high it goes, but there, there's a possibility he could be playing better football, even maybe than he did in 2019, just because of the weapons that you mentioned. Like, I, I know 2019 had a great team around him. Um, the offensive line was probably better. Uh, up until they got McCaffrey, you could say the running game was probably better. But the wide receivers the the tight ends like he he's just got more weapons to use so i feel like with shanahan now also having more years under under his belt he could find uh, a different level within that offense to to kind of move up to i do think though like if we're just answering the question flat out i think it's going to be very difficult for him to make two more conference championship games <laughs> by the end of his career now one of them could be this year it could even be a super bowl appearance perhaps but I don't necessarily see him doing that anywhere else. Kind of what you're saying outside of San Francisco. And at some point I do, the Niners are going to move off of him, yeah. whether it's next year or it's year after, like he's not going to be a lifetime 49ers that would, would require him to kind of have a, a similar, you know, type of year this year somewhere else, which I don't necessarily see. It's not out of the question, but I feel like it'd be very difficult for him to do that. Also, one thing too, I know I mentioned the amount of quarterbacks that are playing into their late 30s. Um, a lot of them that I named are Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That's obviously not Jimmy Garoppolo. I think people would agree with that. I also want to mention too, the average age of quarterbacks has been falling precipitously for about the last 10, 15 years. Like when Peyton Manning entered the league in 1998, I think it was the average age of quarterbacks was like 30.1, which is kind of crazy to think about. There's a lot of older quarterbacks. Then you got Steve Young, you got John Elway. Um, you got guys in their late thirties that are playing and still productive, but also there was a lot more, um, 
there was a lot more highly featured running games in the yeah. NFL back then, whereas now it's more about the quarterback. And so that's why you're seeing the youth movement of teams being willing to take risks and bringing guys that do different things than just throw the football from the pocket. So the average age of quarterbacks as of last season was about 26, 27 years old. So that's that's a huge fall off from the last 20 years. And Jimmy Garoppolo is, of course, 31. I know you're saying that's that's kind of the tipping point. And I do agree generally for pocket passing quarterbacks because Jimmy is not a dynamic guy that can be a dual threat. But I just feel like at some point, I, I'm not necessarily on the bandwagon that he is going to be gone from San Francisco. Whether he's the starter or not is a different question, but this last offseason has kind of thrown my mind for a loop, so I'm, nothing's <laughs> off the table. Yeah. But I do think that if we're going to answer the question of are his best days ahead or behind him, I don't see him making two more conference championships in his career, even if he gets one of them this season. Well, yeah, and, and there's, you know, I guess you could you could go a couple different ways in this conversation. You could go, is it, solely about accomplishments because you know if he wins one Super Bowl maybe that's enough to to convince you all right well this you know quote-unquote second half of his career is better Uh, but but it could also just you could take it as his personal play kind of team accomplishments aside is he better isn't Jimmy G hasn't he like always inextricably been linked to teams like that's his whole thing right that's true it's it's kind of difficult I think with Jimmy to maybe separate those two than then for other quarterbacks um also, quick aside uh, on, on your age of the quarterback number there. Just imagine how far that number is going to drop when Tom Brady officially retires for a second time. Because, I mean, well, he's he's the one of the guys that's just keeping it a little higher than it should be at, what, 45 years old. Yeah, and in fact, it's, it's inflated quite a bit because of him. So yeah. as soon as he leaves, I mean, well, that's why, like, okay, Roethlisberger leaves drops um when matt ryan i i'm assuming is going to retire at the end of this year i don't know who else would want him in the nfl boom that's going to take another hit he should uh if we're being honest tom brady probably has some other things more worrisome in his life than than football at this point whenever he decides to hang him up boom no you're absolutely right yeah um another thing i think about jimmy garoppolo that you need to consider with this conversation and it's why I, I tend to agree with you that his, his best days are probably behind him, but I think he can still play at a relatively consistent level for a couple more seasons. Uh, but you also have to consider the fact that uh, history tells us he's probably likely going to suffer an injury again at some point. I mean, it's, it's just kind of what has happened in his career. Um, he had those, you know, five miraculous starts and wins for the 49ers the first year he was here when he was traded midseason from New England back in 2017 he went 5 and 0 and then he was the team's starter for sure from the start of the season in 2018 unfortunately tore his ACL in the third week of that season then came back in 2019 after rehabbing the injury and the team of course went all the way to the Super Bowl following year 2020 we know about that as well he only made six starts and then of course last year up and down season, the team goes nine and six, ends up getting to the NFC Championship game. And now this year, um, he has dealt with injuries uh, throughout the past. And generally, as a quarterback gets older, those injuries tend to happen more often. So uh, it's it's not only about, you know, the the quarterback's ability when they're fully healthy. It's about how often they can be fully healthy. And unfortunately, the reality is Jimmy Garoppolo has already suffered a number of relatively serious injuries. And uh, as as he gets older, uh, those injuries tend to happen more often. So I think that's that's a portion of this conversation that 
that needs to be considered as well. And I, I think it's why I, I tend to lean on the fact that if I were to bet what you know half of Jimmy Garoppolo's career would be more impressive, would be better, uh, it would probably be the half that we've already seen. Yeah, I would push back a little bit on the injuries just because there have been examples of quarterbacks that have sustained injuries later in their careers that have, have been have been able to bounce back. Like, I mean, Tom Brady tore his ACL at age 31. He obviously played for, for 15 more years, uh, which is pretty, pretty crazy. He's just uh, the Peyton, most outlier of all outliers. Well, Peyton Manning missed a full season with a neck injury that you could say is not only you know career-threatening, but potentially life-threatening. That happened at age 35, in which he missed the entire season, and then came back to play you know three or four more All-Pro seasons. So... I, I don't necessarily, I mean, and Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries, to me, the one that, that would worry me the most would be the shoulder, just because that's something that doesn't necessarily fade. But like a torn ACL, um, you know, a, 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 the, the two fluke injuries, in my opinion, that he sustained have not necessarily been his fault. So I, I can't knock him for that. And I mean, look, even with the shoulder injury last year, he was still able to to help the Niners get to a conference championship game. And so you could argue that maybe he's learned to kind of play with pain and play through pain. So I, I, I would push back on the injuries, even though I do think overall you're, you're right. Uh, one other quick note, which I think is is interesting about that shoulder injury that you're talking about. I know I I think I briefly mentioned this. I think it was after the Rams game, so the the Sunday night, Monday episode. Um, it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo is has improved throwing the deep ball this year. And it, it I mean, it seems like he can throw it further, uh, harder, and generally with with some more accuracy. And maybe I'm just imagining that, but you know, you've you've kind of read some other things from various beat reporters. They're taking questions in, in mailbag, you know, articles about it. From the fans, there's a lot of people who kind of see the same thing, um, and it's probably not necessarily because his arm has somehow gotten stronger, or, or maybe that shoulder surgery fixed something that was previously wrong that maybe no one was aware of. Jimmy Garoppolo was asked early in the season about that shoulder surgery and how he, you know, was working out in the off season and what he was doing when he wasn't able to throw the ball, and he said it. It allowed him to focus more on his lower body and the strength in his legs and, you know, in his in his torso and all that. And he said, that's probably why I can throw. I feel better throwing the ball now because I can throw it a little further, maybe with a little more juice uh, behind it as well. So that's that's something that's interesting. Maybe he's learning a little bit more in, in terms of how to, to train and prepare his body as he gets older. Uh, because I mean, maybe I'm just imagining it, but it does seem like he is throwing the ball with uh, better accuracy deeper down the field. Now it's still not fantastic. It's not on the level of Mahomes or, or Allen. Of course, we talked a lot about that last episode, and I'm not saying that he's suddenly an elite deep thrower of the football, but he was pretty bad the last few years. And it seems to have gotten a little, a little bit better this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, look, he was, Injured 2020, obviously, uh, 18. I mean, 19 is really the only year we have to evaluate. That's the other part about Jimmy G that's kind of tough. It's like there's just not a large sample size. I mean, because you, the bad seasons, you're, you're kind of writing off due to injury. They didn't play enough. And then the one year that he is healthy in 2019, they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you, the question is, all right, is he really the, the main focus? He's the quarterback they win. 
I don't know. I do think that compared to last year, certainly, which is kind of the only successive seasons we have to go off of at this point, um, he is throwing the deep ball more. I mean, on, on average, like he's, he's dialing up the deep ball and, I think Shanahan has done a pretty good job of, of scheming things open for him down the field, or at least scheming up plays with enough separation for Jimmy G to feel comfortable putting the ball in the air and putting it, whether it be in harm's way or, or to a, you know, an open wide receiver, an open tight end. He hit Ross Dwelly for 56 yards in the last game against the Rams. You know, th- those are the type of balls that he's going to be hopefully able to put more in the air, not only because you'd like to see a quarterback move the ball down the field more, you pick up more chunk plays, but also I think it would help him in what he does do well, which is complete passes underneath within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, if you're able to hit one or two down the field per game, then that's going to hopefully open up things where you are better and more efficient at. So to me, that's that that's certainly something to take a look at. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I uh, want to remind everyone, of course, to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. As always, three times a week, even during buys on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game, Evan Giddings and Mark Randy with you. So, you know, it's certainly something to keep an eye on, Mark, and that's an interesting point that I'll I'll definitely note moving forward. Yeah, no, I will too. And I think, you know, a lot of the potential success of the 49ers as they try to win the division in the NFC West and as they they try to, you know, make another postseason run, which we'll get to in a second. I think a lot of it could ultimately, I mean, obviously it's going to come down to the quarterback play, but a lot of it could come down to potentially Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to, to complete a pass 25 yards down the field in a big fourth quarter against potentially the Seahawks towards the end of the regular season, maybe to, to win the division. Uh, who, who would have thought that was possible? Or maybe it's a... a uh, you know, a, a division postseason game where you're, you're down by four points in the final minute 30 of the game. And you need a, you need a, a big shot down the field to Brandon Ayuk. Like a lot of it could come down to, to one deep throw by Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and if he really is feeling better at throwing that ball, um, that could be the difference in, in the season continuing or, or perhaps not at all. So uh, very, very important. And I'll be, I'll be certainly keeping an eye on how he is able to, uh, deliver the ball deep down the field to, to some of his targets. Yeah. I think a lot of 49ers fans are, are getting nightmares when you bring up that scenario. Just imagine <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo on his own 10 yard line with no timeouts down a score with two minutes left in a playoff mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Where, where have we seen this story before? <laughs> I can't quite place it. Um, no, but that, that does take, take us to the next point of our, our conversation, the episode today, which is, you know, w- will it be easier or, or not? for the 49ers, the way they're currently constructed to, to win in the playoffs than the regular season, because um, this was something that we brought up all the way back when Trey Lance, unfortunately got hurt and was out for the season. And Jimmy had to, to come in a week two against Seattle. You know, I, I originally felt Mark and, and I think I still do that. The 49ers are closer to the playoffs with Jimmy G as quarterback, but they are further from the Super Bowl And, I feel like them in the regular season, partially because of of how banged up they've been, 
but also because of just simply who their quarterback is and who they're probably going to run into in the postseason just makes it so much more difficult for me to believe that this team can go on the road potentially for at one or maybe two or more playoff games and you know win it all like so right now they are the seventh seed they are tied with Washington but they have the tiebreaker due to conference so they are four and four they are the seventh seed that would put them on the road for their entire playoff path. I feel like it's a lot to ask, even with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, even with hopefully the defense getting healthy in the middle to later part of the season. I think it's a lot to ask this team to go win that many playoff games on the road, despite the fact that they, I guess they, they did it last year. Um, I, I just, I still believe to me that they are closer to the playoffs with Jimmy as quarterback, but they're also further from the Super Bowl, if that makes sense. So does that mean, yeah, you're, you're right. We've, we've had this conversation or various kind of offshoots of it before, but it was a question that was actually not even a question, a statement made by, by Tim Kawakami and the athletic earlier this week that kind of jump started my brain to start thinking about this again. So they're closer to the playoffs in your opinion, but further from the Super Bowl. Does that mean that it is easier for them to make the playoffs than for them to win in the playoffs? Are you disagreeing? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I think I, I fall on the opposite side of things there. I think um, it, it is harder for the 49ers to make the playoffs than to win in the playoffs. And, and the way I think about this is I'm going to, you know, jump, jump back to, you know, when I took statistics uh, in, in high school, uh, standard deviation. I think that the, the Niners standard deviation is much smaller it's a low standard deviation than just about any other NFL team. Of course, th think of a bell curve, uh, you know, on, on a graph where you have, you know, the two sides low on, on either end, and then they meet up in the middle at a high point, the bell curve graph. The, the Niners standard deviation is really close to the top of the bell curve. They don't have too much variation to either side. There are, of course, moments the Atlanta game stands out, but when the team is fully healthy and they, they have their full team, their standard deviation is pretty small. You know what you're going to get generally. It might not always be the very peak, but it's going to be relatively close. Meanwhile, other teams, and this is specifically in the regular season for these other teams, these other teams, they have a larger standard deviation. There are games where they might exceed their normal peak and just be phenomenal and impossible to beat. Think the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills when they are absolutely rolling, when Josh Allen is leaping over defenders, throwing five touchdowns or running another one in, six total touchdowns, they're impossible to beat. But there are also moments for, for teams like that where they perform quite a bit worse than their average because they just in general are more volatile teams. The 49ers, though, are not. And what tends to happen in the playoffs the game just kind of goes right back to the basics. Can you run the ball, and do you have a good defense? And that's what the Niners do throughout the entire regular season. And that's generally why their standard deviation is smaller, because when you run the ball, when you have a good defense, you're just, you're just shortening the game. You're whittling down the clock. You're taking away those opportunities for you to, one, have that absolutely incredible performance where you blow a team out of the water on one extreme, but you're also taking away the, the ability more so for you to have an absolutely terrible performance and you could lose to the worst team in the league. The Niners and the way that they are constructed, they're so consistent when they're fully right. 
And I think that exactly leads in to what you want in playoff football. But there are times where you just run into a buzzsaw. You run into a good team who's on their best day with a gigantic standard deviation, and they can beat you in the regular season. So I think for that reason, the Niners are built for the playoffs. And in general, the nature of playoff football is what the Niners are best at. And it's no coincidence. That's why they built the team the way they did, because they feel if they can just make the playoffs, they'll have a fantastic shot of making a run. Yeah, that's that's true. And and I, I'm with you as far as the, the bell curve is concerned. They, they probably will end up being the most consistent looking team in the NFC in the playoffs. Although, well, I guess we got to see what Philly becomes to me. They, they are by far the, yeah. the cream of the crop. In the I think they're right there with the Niners kind of in that similar argument and they have maybe they're, even, they're with the Niners. I mean, in, in terms of the argument that they are built for postseason football, okay. I think they also have a more dynamic passing attack and they also have the added, uh, you know, strength of Jalen Hurts running ability, which gives them a different level. But I think in general, when you when you think about a running game and a good defense, they are along with the Niners. I think the two NFC teams best built for the playoffs. But I would say that in general, the Eagles are are the better team. Yeah, I mean, look, right now it's. I mean, in terms of record, it's it's pretty pretty lopsided. I I just I have I have an issue with. I mean, yeah, okay, on, on a spreadsheet, the Niners look good. I, I would agree with that. But eventually, in playoff games, you're going to get into a scenario where you do not get to just run the ball and blow out the other team. There's going to be a situation in which you are probably going to have to come from behind at one of many points throughout a ball game. And unfortunately, I, I know they, I guess, to some fans... Uh, argument sort of wrote that wrong this week against the Rams. Uh, but what's the one thing that they have struggled to do all year? And really, what, what's the one thing they've struggled to do the entire tenure of Kyle Shanahan that's come from behind? I mean, whether it's early, late, fourth quarter, third quarter, it, like it doesn't matter. Now, a lot of that has to do with the quarterback, the guy that we started this episode talking about, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think if you stack the Niners up against pretty much every team in the NFC um, outside of maybe Seattle, if, if, if they end up getting to the playoffs, but the 49ers are going to have, yes, a better overall roster than the majority of the teams that they're going to face. I, I still honestly really like Minnesota. I know some people don't. I think Dallas sneakily has, as a quality defense. And if Dak Prescott can, can hold his own weight, that could, that could be a team to, to mess with. The only issue is that, Dallas, along with New York and Philly, are all going to be in the same division, beating each other up. Um, but again, like I, I just have a tough time putting the Niners over the top of those teams because of who is under center. And that eventually, in modern NFL playoff games, as we saw last year multiple times, and even going back to the last few years, we have seen you need a guy that can win you a game. And unfortunately, I, I just don't think the 49ers have that guy. I think it plays during the regular season because of all the reasons you mentioned. I think they are a steady team. I think they are a team that shows up relatively consistently each and every week. And that's going to get you wins because I think the 49ers can beat the teams that they are supposed to or will be able to, um, although they didn't do it against Atlanta. I think they'll be able to beat teams the rest of the way once they get healthy at their full strength. They are a team that you can kind of pencil in wins for, in my opinion. 
but that doesn't apply once the postseason starts. I understand defense travels. I understand running travels. But at some point, if you're not going to be up by 10, 17 points, also a place that Kyle Shanahan throughout his career, not just in San Francisco, has also kind of struggled a little bit with leads. To me, there's just too much. There is too much volatility in the playoffs. Like that's what football is. And so eventually you're going to have a, a, a spot, a scenario, a game where you're looking at the other sideline and saying, we got to stop that quarterback. Man, that's going to be tough. Meanwhile, the other team is going to be looking at you and saying, we got to stop that quarterback. Oh, whew, all right. Well, we're going to lick our chops and go with our guy. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if, and you know, past isn't any indicator of what's going to happen, but I don't know if the Niners past postseason games, aside from the matchup against who the guy who might retire as the greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not sure that, uh, and maybe you can make the argument, the NFC championship game last year, but that was a lead for the 49ers and, and the defense kind of melted away in, in the second half. Uh, but besides those two and really just the Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs, I mean, there's no other postseason games that you can point to and say, you know, that that was true. I mean, the 49ers, what they, they won against the Vikings in 2019, just absolutely dominated. The ground game was fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't need to do that much. Packers yeah. in the NFC championship game. It was even more to that point, even more extreme than, of course, the Super Bowl. As we mentioned last year in the playoffs, they win in Dallas. Jimmy Garoppolo was, you know, he needed to do some. The team got a big lead, and they barely held on at the end. That was mostly thanks to the run game. Debo Samuel was incredible in that game as well. The defense fantastic through the first, what, three quarters uh, in that one. Uh, the snow game in Lambeau to, to get to the NFC Championship game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, hard-pressed to ask him to do less than what he did in that game. Uh, the punt block the that went for a touchdown for Talanoa Hufunga. The defense was great. I think the Niners have proven time and time again that one, yes, of course, you would love to have kind of that elite quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes and like a Josh Allen, but two, that they have proven that they can win without guys like that because of the way that they have constructed this team. And it's not by any accident that they built it this way. It's what the plan has been from Shanahan and Lynch since they took over, build the defense, build an offensive line, build a run game, and then we'll see what we got with the quarterback. And that's that's the way it's happened. Now, I think there's maybe maybe a difference in how we're defining win in the playoffs. I, I if, if the conversation was, is it harder for the 49ers to make the playoffs or win the Super Bowl? Obviously, I would say it's harder to win the Super Bowl. But to win in the playoffs, that's win one game, maybe get to the NFC Championship game. I think that's a very realistic scenario for the 49ers especially when you consider they should be able to win the NFC West I think they're still the odds on the betting favorite right now despite the fact that Seattle is a game ahead if you win the NFC West you are going to be in all likelihood at worst the three seed because the NFC South champion could very well be under 500 right now the Falcons are at four and four and they're leading that division so if you win the NFC West most likely you're going to be the three seed at worst which means you could play someone like potentially the Giants. If if you were the three right now, the Giants are the six, that would be your first-round matchup. I see absolutely no reason why the 49ers could not win that game. You could get someone like, uh, I don't know, perhaps the Cowboys. They fall off from second in the NFC West, and they lose a, a few – or in the NFC East, and they lose a few games, and they're the sixth seed. I think the 49ers, 
even with Jimmy Garoppolo and his deficiencies, considering what they've done in the postseason in the past, have a very, very realistic shot to, if they get into the playoffs, to win at least one game. And it's because of the nature in which they play football. I mean, yeah, I I, I think in this NFC, you could also make that case for virtually any team like I like I, the 49ers won't be afraid yes of the Giants at home or on the road frankly uh the Giants also shouldn't necessarily be afraid of the 49ers any more than they should be afraid of but to me Dallas Minnesota uh, Philadelphia like I mean if Tampa catches fire they're a team that that I like I, I understand what you're saying but to me the other part of this too is like the 49ers the rest of the way in the regular season also don't have that tough of a schedule. Like it's true. They they have I know they have technically three three road games. Um although they have a, a neutral site affair with well I guess that's on the road. So that that would be their their third road game. They have five home games left. Yeah, they like, travel to Mexico City, to Vegas and to Seattle and then everything else is at home. Yeah, and the rest of the teams that they're playing at this point in the season like you're going to really char- you're going to get a really banged up Chargers team coming out of the bye. Uh you're going to Arizona. I know that they have had the 49ers number in recent years, but this is this is, to me is a very different Arizona team. Uh even with Nuke Hopkins back, like they just to me are, are not that great of a ball club. Uh the Saints are beatable. Miami does look like a very tough team to play. At this point Tampa Bay is is struggling to find out what they're going to be. Uh, Seattle on the road is always a tough game for San Francisco, but they handled them once. I expect them to do it again, even though Seattle's playing well currently. Washington is, I, I guess, a different football team with Taylor Heineke, but like they're, eh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of them. Las Vegas by week 17 might as well have just thrown the, thrown the white flag in. Josh McDaniels and, is either head coach by week 17. What do we think? Uh, that is tbd i think he will be just because i don't think the raiders are very well run but he probably shouldn't be by that point um and then you get arizona at home to finish out the season so like i don't know their their schedule in the regular season is also something that gives me faith that they can create a home field advantage like you're talking about for the playoffs so i mean maybe we're splitting hairs here and it's a lot more even than than we're we're kind of making it at this point, but to me winning in the regular season for this 49ers team with how they're going to hopefully look coming out of the bye will be easier for them to, to rack up wins. I'm not saying they're going to go, you know, seven and one or seven and two, like they did at the tail end of last year after starting out three and five. But I just, I feel like this team is, is more, is, is more easier to project against the regular season opponents they have left than what they'll be facing probably in the postseason. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, and I I would generally agree with that. I mean, I think the 49ers should very, very much make the postseason. Like, if they don't make the postseason at this point, it is a major disappointment. And, I mean, you should make it even if you don't win the NFC West because the the middle of the NFC is, as you mentioned, so depressed, and everyone's kind of right around the same level. I mean, San Francisco's 4-4, and Washington's 4-4, and the Rams are three and four Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Arizona, New Orleans, Chicago Bears are all three and five. So there's so many teams. I mean, you can go down to, let's see, right now, there are 14 teams in the NFC. Seven make the playoffs. 14 teams in the NFC at the moment are, what, within a game of the 49ers for the last playoff spot in in the nfc so i mean there's a lot that that's still to be determined uh but that 
to your point as well, that most of their schedule coming up are winnable games and uh, that should uh, definitely increase their odds of being able to make the postseason. So I agree. All right. And that, that kind of takes us into our, into, into our last point. A uh, quick reminder as always to download rate and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. Follow us on social media at 415ers. I'm on social at eGettings10. Mark is on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Well, don't, since we don't have any San Francisco 49ers games to watch this weekend, Mark, uh, we, we got to tune into what's going on around the rest of the league because kind of like we've been talking about, uh, a team could fluctuate very wildly this weekend depending on who wins and loses and and i i just have a couple of matchups that i personally will be locked into um but i I guess the question for fans is like who are you going to be rooting for who are you going to be rooting against in the bye week as it pertains to the 49ers current four and four slot seventh spot right now in the nfc uh let's start with you mark i mean what what are you going to be locked into who are you rooting for Well, I think the most obvious one is the Seahawks-Cardinals matchup because the Seahawks are the team right ahead of you in the NFC West standings. But it also gets interesting because, I don't know, you could maybe make a case. I think the the clear answer is you would want the Seahawks to lose if you're rooting for the 49ers because you want to win the division. And, of course, every Seahawks loss from this point, um, you know, is great for your odds at winning the division. But let's let's pretend for a moment that the Cardinals win. They improve to four and five. Suddenly, uh, you know, they are a half game behind you. The Rams are are right there as well. With if they beat the Buccaneers this week, they could be tied with the 49ers, although the 49ers have the tie break. A, a Cardinals win over the Seahawks helps the Niners in terms of winning the division, which is probably the priority at the it is the priority at this point, but it hurts the 49ers in their odds to make the playoffs if they don't win the division, because then you just have another team who's right there lockstep with you for maybe the sixth or seventh spot in the NFC. So I think the Seahawks Cardinals game probably has, has the most implications. And oddly enough, there's, there's positives and and negatives to both outcomes, but in general, I think Niner fans should be rooting for, for the Cardinals to win because the priority is winning the division and the Seahawks are currently a game ahead of you in first place. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I do think that I mean it's six to one half dozen of the other for me with yeah. this game, but I do feel like for as much as I don't necessarily believe in, in Arizona, I guess they like they, they do have probably a more explosive offense. I, I like I really like the Seahawks defense. Um I, I know that they've looked probably better than they've played considering how many new guys they have and you know how many rookies are on that that defense as well as on offense um but they've they've sort of found something i mean they they have more of an identity the seahawks do part of me than probably any team in the nfc west including the 49ers right now and i think that right now they are probably the best coach team as well that could certainly change but pete carroll's done I mean, pretty much everything with nothing at this point. No one expected a single thing coming out of them. And he has galvanized them in a way that you don't often see teams projected to finish dead last in a division do. Um, so I, I certainly see how you you would want the Cardinals to win. To me, the much more interesting matchup is going to be L.A. Rams um, against yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That That's a game where I could see you rooting for either side. To me, personally, I would be rooting for the Rams. I know that's something not a lot of 49ers fans mm. want to do, but to me, the, the more dangerous team is Tampa Bay. And it's also a team that has an easier path to win their division. 
right now the the NFC South is basically up for grabs. Not as much, or yeah, more so, pardon me, than the NFC West. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons are four and four and in first in first place. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to me are a team that has an easier way to get into the playoffs than just about maybe any team in the NFL outside of the AFC South. <laughs> and I think that right now, if you're the Rams, also I, I I just I just don't see how they are going to win a playoff game with what they currently have. They're a team that's pretty one dimensional. Uh, to be nice, two-dimensional perhaps, especially offensively. Their defense has not played up to their Super Bowl uh, contention and you know winning that they that they did last year. Like they, they're just a different group to me on defense and offensively. They're so limited by, I mean, almost almost the fact that they have Cooper Cup hurts them in the way because they try to use him just more than anyone else. And who knows if he'll be going this week because he may or may not be injured. But I just think that if I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm saying, which team would I rather not face in the playoffs? It's Tampa Bay. And so if they fall to three and six, the Rams are four and five. You're, they're still going to be behind you in the division. You obviously have the tiebreaker over them. To me, you've already proven as a 49ers team, you can handle them. I know they beat you last year in the postseason, but this is a different Rams team to me than last year. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay they still got the goat, and I know that he hasn't been playing very well this year. But that's a Tampa Bay team that, if they can find a find a stride, find some sort of momentum, they can make a run. And and I'm more afraid of them not only getting to the playoffs through the weakness in their division, but also making maybe making noise just based on the ceiling that they currently have. I think that's an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about. Uh, you know, the, the Rams are kind of uh, you know what the enemy that that you know. Uh, but you're not really sure what you might get with the Buccaneers if you were to meet them in the postseason. I think the Niners are probably confident, and that's what you're mentioning. If if they do happen to play the Rams again, that they can win that game. I think the other thing, um, and it's kind of why maybe there's a little bit of pause in rooting for the Cardinals over the Seahawks, is because you haven't played the Cardinals yet this year. You don't have that tiebreaker to fall back on. With the Rams, you, you won both games in the regular season against them. So if you were to somehow finish tied atop or anywhere in the middle of the of the division with the Rams you have the tiebreaker so you're you're going to beat them on that level anyway they're three and four you're four and four you're a half game up but really you're a game and a half up because of that tiebreaker so there's I think more of you can stomach rooting for the Rams interestingly enough because you've already beat them twice you feel comfortable you can beat them again meanwhile the Cardinals who knows they could they could beat you in the regular season once or twice and suddenly a win this week against the Seahawks could be the difference in them going to the playoffs and you not uh, potentially. So I think that's interesting. Um, the other game that I'm keeping an eye on is the Vikings and the Washington commanders. The Vikings currently are second place in the NFC. They're six and one. They're playing really good football, but their schedule kind of turns here. The commanders, you know, not a contender to win it all. You mentioned Taylor Heineke. They always seem to play better with him. Credit to the Commanders. They're playing better. They're getting healthier defensively as well. They have the Commanders this weekend. Then they have the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Patriots on successive weeks. Uh, Patriots, you know, lesser of those three teams, but still a quality team. Uh, but you, if, if this is a Vikings team that maybe gets upset by the Commanders, they could be staring potentially a three-game losing streak dead in the eyes. Again, Commanders, Bills, Cowboys, 
and then the Patriots. So if things maybe break the 49ers way this week for the Commanders against the Vikings, the Vikings could be looking at maybe in a month from now being a seven and five team, a six and four team. Like there is a very real possibility that some losses come for the Vikings. And if the Niners handle business, that could be enough to put them right back in that conversation for the second seed in the NFC. I'm probably getting a bit ahead of myself, but I think if you are a Niner fan, you should be rooting heavy for the commanders against the Vikings because, of course, getting that second seed could be valuable. Instead of playing a sixth seed, you'll play the seventh seed in the first round of the NFC playoffs. So I think the Niner fans should be big Washington commander fans this week. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. That's another matchup that's certainly interesting. I, I would hope or would think that Minnesota is probably going to to walk away with that win. But then again, you know, they're only three and a half point favorites on the road. It's kind of a suspicious line. Um, uh, I guess the other team, uh, you know, kind of along the lines of of not rooting for the Buccaneers, um, I, I would be rooting for for the Atlanta Falcons against the Los Angeles Chargers this weekend. Uh, they even though you, you lost to them, I, I think mm, they are they're point. a much more beatable team if you end up meeting them in the postseason. So, uh, any other games, Mark, that you that kind of catch your eye this weekend? Mm, I mean, you you saying uh, the Falcons just kind of uh, got my mind rolling, thinking of how close the Panthers were to beating the Falcons last week, and if the Panthers won that game, they would have been a top they the, uh, NFC South. They should have won that game. DJ Moore, po- poor DJ Moore, finally having himself a good game. And then he pulls oh. off his helmet in celebration. Although, to be fair, Eddie Pinheiro, the the uh, Panthers kicker, should have made the the kick in overtime to win the game anyway. So it's not all on DJ Moore, but probably should uh, have made the extra point. I mean, after the after the penalty, that was like a forty eight yard extra point. So that that one is tough. But he missed like a thirty three yarder, I think, to win the game in overtime. The the fifty uh, yard field goal is the new forty yard field goal or kick, true. I guess. In this he, he probably he probably should have should have made it. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, moment there. The the Falcons had the decision after that fifteen yard penalty on DJ Moore to have the penalty enforced on the extra point. Or on the kickoff. I think there was, what, like 10 seconds left in the game. So there's not much of a chance that you were going to be able to go down and score. Maybe you take the extra 15 yards on the kickoff and you get 20 yards through the air on one play. And then you have a long field goal for the win. Uh, But they instead went to to enforce it on on the uh, extra point attempt. And because Pinero has a history of missing 40 plus yard field goals, they took a chance and and it paid off. and, And they got the win. And now they're in first place in the NFC South. So that's a good one. I'm with you. I think the Niners should want the Falcons to win the South. The winner of the NFC South will likely be locked into the four seed because that division will likely be the worst of, of the division winners. Um, so if, if if the four seed is the Falcons, that's probably good news for the 49ers. However, it's unlikely you're going to match up against that team um, because I would imagine maybe the other team that in that matchup in the first round is going to win. Uh, but certainly anything's, uh, anything's on the board still at this point. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they could play spoiler at home against Dallas or New York. I I don't know. I mean, uh, the 49ers did it last year. I'm sure both Dallas and Green Bay didn't expect uh, San Francisco to come in and, and win. So who knows, Mark? Who yeah. knows? But we'll be paying attention this weekend to all the games and, of course, be back on Monday with a sort of a reaction episode to the weekend along with some storylines that we have uh, lined up for the midway point technically officially you know week nine moving um into next week 
And that'll wrap up this episode, Mark. I appreciate you as always. Make sure to download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars are appreciated. Um, Mark, thank you so much, man. Yep, thank you too, Evan. Talk to you later. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Enjoy the games. Enjoy a stress-free weekend. No 49ers football. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs>